Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I'm so excited. You, I just am so excited to interview and to be with um, Dr. Brian Stensler. Uh, Dr. Brian, you have such an amazing history and, and all the good work that you're doing in the world, helping families. So, you know, you said you've been helping families and children since 1998, when you receive your doctor of chiropractic degree, you also has clinical, um, a clinical excellence actually. And then you got your master's in sports health science in 1999 from Life University. I know you're a certified ultimate life tool facilitator and a corporate consultant. And you use that tool along with your formal education and 23 years of your clinical experience to create more health, more happiness and stronger relationships within the household. So you're really family focused, aren't you? That is, that's, that's my primary focus is the family unit. Yeah, and I love that. I remember taking my son to a chiropractor when I was, I was actually sick. And so I was learning all about natural health and, um, and he was 18 months old. And I thought, what a gift to have him have this experience at such a young age, right? Being Amen. Absolutely. The healthy. sooner the better. I mean, you know, chiropractors are, are known for help. Well, at least they should be more known for helping the nervous system function optimally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old or eight days old or eight minutes old, you have a nervous system. So you want to make sure that it's functioning optimally. So the fact that you brought your child at 18 months, kudos to you. That's awesome. I would say 17 and a half months, maybe a little late, just kidding. (laughs) Um, But I mean, great. I mean, what an opportunity that a year and a half old, he'd already gotten exposed to having a better functioning nervous system through proper spinal alignment. Kudos to you. Congrats. Yeah. That was really, really interesting. I was learning all about that whole, whole world, you know? So how did you even start? How did you start on your whole journey of even becoming a healthcare provider and doing the great work? I know you have like three different offices and, you know, you have quite a few chiropractors working with you and a team, you know, a team of amazing people helping so many families. And there's changes I know coming up for you, but what got you into this healthcare provider field in the first place? You know, it's kind of funny because I always thought as a kid, I was going to be a movie producer. That was what everything, ever since a kid, you know, going to Universal Studios as a kid growing up on Long Island, New York, um, I would go to, uh, you know, Florida and California, and I just loved it. Uh, And due to various circumstances that we won't have time for today, um, I realized that film was not going to be my career of the future, though I may make a movie one day in the future. (laughs) Um, But I knew I wasn't going to be that. And what I noticed that I was spending a lot of time in the gym, always eating healthily, um, treating my body like a temple. And somebody had introduced me to physical therapy um, because it's kind of like personal, because I was doing a lot of personal training at the time. So they said, you know, do you ever think about being a physical therapist? And I'm like, no, I didn't know anything about it. And they told me about it. I'm like, oh, this sounds really interesting. So I changed all my classes from uh, theater and film to pre-med. And mm-hmm. while I was on this journey and I was going to go to Syracuse, for my physical therapy degree, my mom started dating this guy named Nat. 
Um, Nat was a retired New York police officer, you know, the NYPD blue kind of guy. <laughs> and so my mom is dating Nat and I meet Nat for the first time. And he says to me, did you ever think about being a chiropractor? I'm like, chiropractor? I'm like, I don't even know what they do. I can't even say the word that well. You know, um, I'd never been to one, didn't know anything about it. And he's like, well, I don't know much about it either. He goes, but my son, Stephen just started chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia, um, at a school called Life Chiropractic College. And he's so passionate about it. I've never seen him so passionate in his life. You need to talk to him. I said, okay, sure. So I, I call up Steve and I was sold. Like he just started talking about the philosophy of chiropractic, non-medical, non-surgical, you know, the way of just helping your body's natural inborn ability to do, to heal, to function. I never did drugs pushed or prescribed. You know, that was just not my thing. I was not a drinker. I really mm -hmm. treated my body well. So the mm -hmm. principles of chiropractic, they just fit in with my life. And, you know, the more and more Steve and I talk, the more excited I got about this potential journey. My mom gets engaged to Nat and I was going to meet Steve for the first time at their wedding. And so I was all excited. And Steve was taking the entire week while he was in New York visiting um, to take me to different chiropractic offices. Well, oh. pretty cool, right? Yeah. Here's where it gets pretty crazy. A day and a half before the wedding, Nat dies. Ooh. Dies of an aneurysm. His first sign of any form of cardiovascular disease was death. That was it. Oh. Um, so I end up meeting Steve at his dad's funeral instead of his dad's wedding. And so I went up to Steve, introduced myself to him in person and stuff like that, you know, gave my condolences, a horrible time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after we talked for a little bit, he's like, okay, and I'll see you Monday at such and such office. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he goes, we're going to these chiropractic offices. Like, I promise you. I'm like, what? Like, I'm thinking he's got to grieve his dad's death. And Steve was so focused on his mission that there was no way that that circumstance there was going to stop what was already planned because he was so passionate about it. And so, so Steve and I, you know, we did that. I became a chiropractor that week. I mean, after experiencing it and the love, you know, from wow. Steve and the support, Steve and I were roommates in, in chiropractic school after I started there. Um, we're best of friends. We're, we're brothers, even though we're not stepbrothers, like we would have been, we're brothers by choice instead of by marriage or by birth. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's been a huge inspiration to me. And we look at, you know, his dad's passing and we think about how many people, he was 44, Nat. Um, wow. How many people say never sick a day in your life and drop instead of a heart attack or an aneurysm or they get cancer or this or that. And the truth of the matter is people without symptoms can drop dead of these things, but not healthy people. You can't be perfectly healthy and have these disorders come up. And so not only was I inspired to be a chiropractor through this experience, mm -hmm. but I was inspired to help educate people about lifestyle. So we don't live by chance. We live more by choice. Um, obviously our choices can't prevent, prevent everything. You know, there are certain things that happen no matter what there are genes and, you know, th there are things that you inherit and there are circumstances and traumas and things like that we can't avoid. But the majority of our life um, and the woes in life are much less due to bad luck, bad germs, and uh, bad genes, and more about bad choices. And so this is where the whole concept of dream came about. Uh, so not only did I become a chiropractor, but I came focused on people understanding their lifestyle and the impacts that it can have. So other people, you know, don't lose, don't miss out on seeing their grandkids ever be born or uh, right. you know, something like that, because there's no reason for it. It's, it's not acceptable. And it's not necessary in many cases. That situation shaped your life big time. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what a great gift to meet Steve too. 
you know, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about Matt. And, you know, did you ever actually figure out, I'm just curious, um, you know, when somebody drops dead of an aneurysm and they're perfectly healthy or seem to be perfectly healthy, you know, what is your take on, was Matt really perfectly healthy? What, what was going on there? Yeah. Um, it's Nat, Nat with an N. Oh, Nat. Okay. <clears throat> well, was it perfectly healthy? Well, I mean, the truth of the matter is when you have dis-ease mm-hmm. in the body, you can't be perfectly healthy. You can be perfectly asymptomatic, but not perfectly healthy. The World Health Organization defines health as a state of complete physical, social, mental well-being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So you can't have an aneurysm brewing. You can't have irregular cell growth that eventually leads to cancer. You can't have any dis-ease process going on in your life and actually consider yourself to be completely healthy. It just doesn't work. doesn't mean it's your fault. It doesn't mean, you know, that that you're to blame or to shame or anything like that. It just means you're not perfectly healthy because perfect health means that everything is working in sync, that all your cells are vibrating at the perfect frequency and, you know, you're expressing 100% life. And so could Nat's aneurysm have been avoided through different lifestyle? We don't know. You know, that's not something that we'll ever be able to answer. And if the answer is no, then maybe there were things that he could have done. Now, I do know that he was a smoker, you know, in the Mm -hmm. past. Um, And so that could have played into it, possibly. I'm not blaming that as as the cause. I don't know. He was also overweight at a point. So Mm -hmm. that could have played into it. He was also under a lot of stress. He was a police officer, you know, before he retired. So we don't know. Like they say, like blood clots, aneurysms, some of them are by chance and Mm -hmm. some of them are through lifestyle. I don't know what Nat's situation was, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said to my uncle once, who was a very successful dentist, um, you know, he recently retired. Um, Remember when I first graduated from chiropractic school, we were talking about this wellness lifestyle stuff. And he's telling me like, if you do all, you're telling me if you do all this and I do all that, that I won't need medications or I won't have this problem or I won't have that problem. And I went back and I said, Russ, let me ask you a question. As my dentist, you tell me I should brush my teeth. I should floss every day. I should use uh, mouthwash to prevent tooth decay. If I do all those things, do you guarantee I'll never get a cavity? And he's like, no. I said, then why bother doing it? Because we'll put the odds in your favor. I go, well, exactly. I said, the wellness lifestyle will at least put the odds in your favor. Could Nat, having lived a more conscious wellness lifestyle, prevented it? I don't know. But do I know that the odds would have been in his favor to have not prevented it or to have had better years to the life that he had? You know, we always say that it's not always about adding years to your life, but life to your years. So who knows what those 44 years would have been like had he lived a more proactive conscious wellness lifestyle that I do know that he did not live, unfortunately. Right. And that's your passion now. And you're so good at it. And I know that you're creating this amazing, you've got a book coming out, you know, and it's based on your dream, D-R-E-A-M. Tell us what that stands for. Yeah. So dream is an acronym for the five keys or five facets of a wellness lifestyle. You know, when I go to, when I speak at audiences or talk to patients, I always like, I always like to ask, you know, what do you think you do to, to live a healthy lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I usually get a lot of pauses and like, well, you have to eat healthily. Yeah. Um, you got to sleep. Yeah. Uh, you got to have a good attitude. Sure. All that's important. And by the time we get through all of it, we never get through all of them. It's like 20 minutes. So I'm like, I just decided to just put together five letters, that basically tell you exactly what a wellness lifestyle is. And the five facets that I'll tell you about are not products, they're not services, they're categories of living. And every single one of the categories has has an impact on the other one. So D is for diet. 
Diet, I define as everything that goes into your body from the outside world to the inside world. It's everything you eat, drink, taste, touch, smell, feel, hear, all the movies you watch, all the people you spend time with is just as much part of your diet as the food you consume. So, you know, I I heard one of your other podcast interviews when they talked about GIGO. It's a term that I use in my book, garbage in, garbage out. So if you put garbage into your body through your mouth, you're going to get garbage out. If you put garbage into your eyes and ears, like you're listening to negative Nellies, you know, people telling you you can't do this, whether using bad words or you're watching negative stuff on the news, you put that garbage in that you get garbage out. So we want a nutritious diet, whether it's food or just anything that you see in here. So that's awesome. the D. I like it. Very oh, nice. Yes. Yes. I, I totally resonate. Yeah. Awesome. And then the R is for relaxation. That's giving your body a chance to call time out to reset, prepare, rejuvenate and regenerate yourself. You know, this through biofeedback and neurofeedback, all about resetting the brain, right? Relaxation helps get you back into parasympathetic and all that other good stuff. Right. Then E is for exercise. That's any activity that requires physical or mental exertion can be considered exercise. So not only what you could do in a gym or outdoors on a track, you know, or on the street, but also doing like crossword puzzles, reading stimulating books and magazines. So you're constantly keeping your brain going and keeping it sharp, keeping it active. We'll skip A for a second. M is for mental wellness. That's connecting your inner purpose and passion to your outer goals and tasks in all phases of life, being right with your self-esteem, self-worth, self-values, and so on and so forth. It's like creating armor, putting armor on your body each day. So when you wake up in the morning, instead of being like, oh God, it's morning. Like, oh God, it's morning. Like you're excited for that day. So, you know, that deals with your spiritual health, your mental health, everything else that goes with it. And when you have a strong Mm D-R-E-M, it should help you stay in what I refer to as being in adjustment, which is being in balance mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally and having optimal brain-body communication through the nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people get confused. They think that the A is for chiropractic. No, couldn't be further from the truth. The truth. Um, I use the word adjustment more as an adjective than a verb. Yes, as a chiropractor, we adjust people, but what you do for somebody with neurofeedback and biofeedback is you help keep them in adjustment, right? A massage helps keep people in adjustment. Working out the gym helps keep people in adjustment. So yes, while you may need a chiropractor to get you an adjustment, you need to do all these other things to keep you in adjustment. And what causes somebody to go out of adjustment is the inability of somebody to adapt to a chemical, physical, or emotional stressor, right? Yes. So so chemical stressors could be foods that we eat that we might have an allergy to, pollution that we breathe in. Uh, Maybe the food has pesticides, which is genetically modified. Drugs that people take, whether pushed or prescribed, um, cigarette smoking, like all those are just examples of chemical stressors. We all endure them, whether we live consciously or not. You just go outside. If you're living anywhere near LA, you're going to deal with that. Or if you're near the wildfires, there's lots of pollution. So you always can have chemical stressors in your life. You just need to be able to adapt to them. Then you have physical stressors, right? People sitting all day, you know, ever since COVID-19 hit, right? Everyone's been sitting all day in their computers and doing their workstations that way. That's a physical stressor, sedentary living exercising improperly, a car accident, talking on your phone like that, or having that forward head posture on your electronic device. You know, for those that are listening, you can't see, but everyone knows how far forward. Yes. Goes. That like, means, yes. It's like their heads are like bowling balls and their head, if it wasn't connected to through the neck, your head would roll off your, your shoulders. <laughs> so those are all physical stressors. And then there's emotional stressors, yeah. you know, somebody's health, their finances, the relationship, their jobs. So we all endure chemical, physical, and emotional stressors. So when somebody lives a strong D-R-E-M in their life, 
mm-hmm. they should stay in A. They should stay in adjustment by being able to adapt to chemical, physical, and emotional stress. And that's how everything ties into the dream. Oh, I love that. I love that acronym. And you just explained that so well. And, you know, and we're so, we're so aligned there because I do a lot of the mental emotional work too, with people in the neurobiofeedback. And, um, and I do believe it's about adjustment alignment, you know, um, you know, disease is just dis-ease, right? So disease yeah. is just being out of ease, which is stress. Yeah. And, you know, like you described, there's a lot of different kinds of stressors and they affect us all. So, you know, so what, you know, so how do you, I guess I'm curious about how you actually, I know what chiropractic is, but there's lots of kinds of chiropractic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and different ways that people work with that. And obviously you're teaching the whole lifestyle dream, you know, right. the dream and in your amazing book that's coming out that we'll talk about here. Um, but how do you realign that nervous system? then is it just through are you just adjusting like through cracking people's backs working on their neck and their shoulders and teaching these concepts obviously um or is there some other little secret that dr brian has that we want to know about (laughs) no you ask a really good question and it's kind of you know we don't really use the word cracking i have to say that because any chiropractors that listen like how could you let dr louise get away with saying oh okay okay well i'm sorry okay (laughs) but i know what you meant because that's what your listeners know it as the popping the cracking the snapping all that stuff that's the sound we call it an audible release and stuff like that so i think the first and most important thing to understand about the gamut of chiropractic and you know i've i've held and i continue to hold very high levels of leadership positions in the profession and mm-hmm. including from 2014 to 2016 as president of the California Chiropractic Association. So I'm very involved in my profession. And I think that one of the most important things that people understand about chiropractic is it's not the technique that matters, whether you're doing an energy work, whether you're doing it through the, the typical adjustment that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, what matters most is the analysis. Um, and what the term that we typically use in chiropractic that was found, you know, back from our founding in the late 1800s was the word subluxation. And the word subluxation basically defines when vertebrae are not in a proper position that irritate the nervous system. It doesn't allow the proper transmission of impulses between the brain and the rest of the body. And the reason is because we live our lives, our nervous system, every organ, every muscle, every gland, every tissue, every cell in the body knows exactly what to do, when to do it and how to do it because the brain tells it so. So we need to make sure that that communication pathway is open and available. And so the integrity of your nervous system will be ultimately compromised if your spine is not in its proper alignment. So in my offices, what we do is we do a, we do different types of scans that a, we do a surface electromyography that measures basically the voltage or how much impulse is going from the brain down the spine, without the nerves, so the muscles alongside the spine. So not that we care as much about the muscles, but the nerves that are feeding the muscles are also feeding organs and glands. Those are the motor nerves, right? We'll do a thermographic evaluation that's going to measure integrity of the autonomic nervous system. You know, we'll see that by heat differences from side to side. And I also do something called heart rate variability, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and it lets me know one about autonomic function, but also a balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Is somebody stuck in fight or flight? Are they in rest and digest? Are they in the right in the midline and so on and so forth through a tech um, a protocol we have pulse wave profile. So when I look at that, I'm looking at that whole person. That's where the holistic word comes from. Um, and so we know that a lot of people are stuck in fight or flight and a lot of them are medicated for it. And in some cases, I just had a patient of mine just asked me about this the other day, asked if I know anything about Botox for this. And we know that one, th- one medical treatment is Botox to basically paralyze the sympathetic nervous system. 
right? And another treatment could be vagal stimulation to ultimately reactivate the parasympathetics. Um, but what if, what if they're doing one medical treatment and it's the wrong one? Like, are they in sympathetic because the, the, the foot is stuck in the gas pedal or maybe because the brakes aren't working, right? And that's why my form of analysis will help determine why are they in the situation that they're in? And then I adjust accordingly. So for some people, I might just adjust upper cervical. For other people, I might do the typical diversified adjustment throughout the spine. And then for other people, I might refer them to another chiropractor, another specialist to help clear their subluxations. So it just depends. So most of my techniques are the physical, again, not the cracking and popping words that we use, but yes, that audible sounding, you know, when you actually adjust it, but it's not appropriate for everybody. So, you know, we have to have the right technique. And that's why I say the most important thing is to find out, do you have subluxations in the spine? And if so, are they being cleared out? Are they being corrected? And there's lots and lots of ways of doing that. There are hundreds and hundreds of proven techniques that work in chiropractic. And it's about the practice member or patient finding the right chiropractor to do the technique that makes them feel the most comfortable. And that's the most safe for that individual. Oh, thank you for that explanation. You know, even though I've been to chiropractors and lots of different kinds over the years, um, I really probably never like listened to the, the explanation that you know I read it. Um, and it is all about that nervous system and balancing. And I do a lot of that on neurobiofeedback. I'm always balancing parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system and then clearing the traumas that have caused that, you know, fight and flight kind of activity going on to balance that vagus nerve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I recommend neurofeedback and, and biofeedback as part of it. I don't offer it in my office. I almost offered it at one point, but, you know, through other practitioners, but then I'm just, I'd just rather refer it out. Um, mm -hmm. And people get tremendous results, especially if, you know, adjusting somebody for a period of time, because we reevaluate every so, every so many visits, like 12 to 15 visits. And if mm -hmm. I don't notice them balancing out, first thing I go to is neurobiofeedback. You know, we want to get that. We want to get people into meditation. We want to get them into prayer, maybe yoga. But it's very important that sometimes they're out of balance because they have subluxations in the spine. Sometimes it's not because of subluxations. And sometimes it's a part of the whole, the whole problem. And so we have to do multiple things. Kind of like, you know, when you wash your clothes, not only do you want to use water, but you also want to use detergent, right? So it's right. not necessarily one or the other. It's things working in conjunction. And it just helps everything cumulatively. Yeah, I found that too. And I think that's why your dream, you know, your dream system is so powerful. It's because it's so multidimensional is mm -hmm. when we work on all those different levels, you've got to do all those pieces for you to have that total lifestyle, you know? Yeah. So, so how does that dream lifestyle then impact someone's ability to adapt to stress and stressors? Well, I think if anything, I'd be a pretty good example of it. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I, I deal with what would be considered an overwhelming amount of activities on a daily basis. Um, and, and truthfully, it's like, you know, one, I've used the analogy in my book about the woodchopper contest, you know, uh, you got two woodchoppers, uh, one of them is just going at it all day, just banging down the trees, banging down the trees, banging down the trees. And the other one is going at a nice, even pace, um, but stopping multiple times, taking breaks. And the other guy is like, wow, I'm going to totally win this. And then by the end of the contest, the guy that seemed to be taking the breaks and stuff won by a lot. And he's like, how did you do that? He goes, well, every time I stopped to take a break, I also sharpened my ax. And, <laughs> you know, this other guy was hitting these trees down with a dull ax. He couldn't do nearly as many. And we don't sharpen our ax enough. We're constantly going and going and going, leading to burnout. And so sharpening the ax, you know, doing your meditation, doing your prayer, doing your exercise, doing your massages, all these things like, 
I, I, I'm so blessed to have the understanding wife that I do because as busy as I am in my life and the amount of things that I have, I still get regular massages. I still get adjusted regularly. I still keep a great you know, diet the way that I consume my food. I exercise. I'm at the gym three to six times a week, depending on whether we're in pandemic or not and gyms are open and what I can do at home. Um, I do my prayer. I do my meditation. I'm doing all these things. And the average person would be like, how do you have time to do all those things? And I say, if I didn't do all those things, I wouldn't have the other things to do because I'd be burnt out. So I'm able to accomplish all those other things because I'm taking those little breaks to sharpen my ax. And my wife is understanding of that. And she's like, she doesn't even complain about it. She's happy about it. She knows I'm getting a massage. That's great. She'll get a massage too. when, when she, you know, puts it in her schedule. So it's just important to do it and just not feel guilty about self-care, but being empowered by it instead. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And we all need to, people need to hear that right now, yeah. you know, so you can do more. That's a great story about sharpening the ax. I love that. You know, I was going to ask you actually, what has been some of the challenges that you've had that have sort of affected your brain Yeah. and you are so balanced. I I don't know. Is there anything in your life that you can look back on and where you felt like, Hey, you know what? This is really, I'm not, I'm not myself. My brain isn't working or I'm, I'm, I'm brain foggy. I definitely know in the past I have, um, but you know, understanding ever since I've really been starting living the dream, which I've been doing for the last few decades, I mean, at least 25 years I've been doing it. So it's hard for me to come up with any one particular situation when I've actually had brain fog for more than a couple of minutes, because typically when I feel it coming on, I immediately get into a sharp and ax mode because I realize that doesn't mean that I won't get frustrated. I won't have a reaction like, what did I just do? Or I want to throw something, you know, (laughs) but but it's fleeting. Whereas when I was younger, it used to be very traumatic. It used to be hard. I would get into, you know, a downward slope and everything. But now I recognize when it's happening. And even if I have a quick outburst, I quickly reset and I get back on by getting to a meditative state or I'll go to the gym or I'll play the piano. Um, I'll do something that's going to get me back into that parasympathetic state. Um, Mm -hmm. And because brain fog comes from getting in stress mode, obviously we know that as soon as you're in fight or flight, you can't think clearly, you know, you can't focus. You're just in survival mode. You're in your lizard brain at that point. So living that dream lifestyle for me has provided me with the armor and the tools to make sure that it doesn't happen and then seeing it coming. So I know like with everything going on in my life right now with my book launch and my businesses and everything else, I knew that if I continued on this path, mm-hmm. I would eventually lead to where, you know, so many other providers talk about burnout. And mm-hmm. so I want to be proactive. Like I talk about in my book, I'm changing my entire situation right now. I am literally in the process of selling my three practices, launching my book, selling my house, relocating to Florida. And now at this point in my career, after 23 years plus of practice, I'm going to be focused on books, online courses, educating families and helping empower them to live a better lifestyle. And I know not only will that help society, but it's going to also help me and my family. So, you know, I have a five-year-old and so I'm looking forward to watching him grow up to be involved with his soccer team, eventually his baseball team, whatever he does. It's one of the advantages of having a child later in life, you know, starting at 43, having a kid. I've kind of been there, done that. And I've got that maturity and wisdom that I'm not in that building, building, building a business and practices stage. Now it's going to be about supporting society and supporting my family. So by taking that proactive state will keep me from getting more and more potential brain fog and overwhelm. Oh, that's beautiful. So we love your, you know, that's such a great example for everyone here too, about being proactive in their life and making those choices that, uh, that feed them, you know, because when you're fed and your family is, 
is well and balanced, um, you can do more. And that's the example that you're giving. I mean, how many people could sell practices, move, sell their house, write a book all at the same time? You've got to have good brain power to do that and good tools to be able to de-stress. Like you said, you go to meditation, you know, you get a massage. So, you know, listen to Dr. Brian here. He's got some great suggestions for self-care and great tools to live, you know, that dream lifestyle, to live the lifestyle where you're taking care of yourself and you're honoring you. Um, I listened to another practitioner, um, I don't know how, how many months ago now, talk about that people heal or people had a hard time healing if they didn't have a purpose. Mm, yes. Do you see that too with, with your people? Yeah, absolutely. Purpose is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think it's kind of a foo-foo term and stuff, but it kind of, uh, it kind of is your guide in life. Uh, so it's like, first of all, a lot of times, you know, unless it's like a physical trauma, a lot of, a lot of things that people need to heal from stem from not having purpose in the first place. Um, not all, but a lot, but if you're strong on your purpose, then everything can be put in perspective. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that people are motivated by one of two things to move away from pain or to move towards pleasure. Right. And we know that the majority of people want to move away from pain. That's just the way society is built. But I think there's one more segment of people that Tony doesn't talk about. And those are people who live moving towards purpose and living a life on purpose. Mm -hmm. And so when you're living a purposeful life, there's going to be pain and there's going to be pleasure. And you're able to work through all of it and put it in a box and perspective and understand this pain I'm going through is helping me get to my purpose. And so when we understand that, if part of that pain is something that requires healing, when you have the purpose, you see the greater meaning on the other side of it and you just work through it. Um, and you've got to have your goals. You've got to have everything written out. But ultimately, I consider success is when somebody is in alignment with their purpose, their passion and the paycheck. And so, so many people don't have that alignment, uh, again, which goes into the A in dream, because we talk in, in my book, I talk about being an adjustment, incorporates being in alignment and being an atonement and or at one mint, right? And most people are not in alignment or at one mint um, with themselves and with God and with the universe. So that's a very important thing. And purpose just plays into all of that. So extremely important for somebody to help determine what their purpose is. And that's one of the tools that I actually have through my book. It's funny that you asked about that because we Mm -hmm. hadn't prepared that. But yeah, there's something about, you know, helping find your purpose. Um, It's a great resource through my book when anybody buys it, they get that for free. Oh, that's really awesome. I love that because I found that as to be, you know, the fuel too, you mm-hmm. know, and then when you said purpose, passion, paycheck, I think that's what I love about entrepreneurs and this whole journey that I've been on. I mean, um, you know, Dr. Brian, I was a teacher. I thought I was going to live and die as a teacher, you know, the white picket fence, the 2.1 kids and the puppy dog in, in Chicago, Illinois, and ended up in Taos, New Mexico, and now Albuquerque when I got sick. So that was my path. Um, but I see that. I see the purpose, the passion, and the paycheck where entrepreneurs are aligned with that passion and it fuels you forward. Um, you can have a more balanced life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like things aren't going to be challenging. You know, the challenges are there, you know, and you're navigating some amazing challenges right now and, and, uh, and doing it beautifully. So what a great role model. Thank you. Yeah, for your family and for all of your patients too. Mm-hmm. You know, for yeah. all of your patients, you're really stepping, you're stepping into that bigger dream, that bigger, bigger dream. There we go. The, the word dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that is just that is just so cool. Give us a story about um about some uh somebody you work with who had great success. 
you know, something that touched your heart? Oh, oh my gosh. There's actually quite a few. I, I, I have a couple of them in the book, uh, but I'll start with one, my very first one when I was in, um, oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch. I'm going to change gears because okay. this is a big one, especially because of what you do, you know, for mm-hmm. a living and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a family I was taking care of. And I remember the parents were pretty skeptical at first about chiropractic in general. Um, I don't remember if they'd been to chiropractic in the past, but whatever it was, they were not very hopeful of anything. And I think the dad came in because he had, you know, your typical pain and stuff like that, which surprisingly is not the majority of the people that come in to see me is not for pain, which is very rare for chiropractic ops. Usually it's for human performance, but this person, you know, he, he's, a uh, you know, um, worked with his body and, um, you know, was beating himself up pretty good. So, I started taking care of him and the wife and I talked about getting there. I think it, it was eight years old at the time, eight year old son under care. Um, Cause he had some issues with school and they were concerned about ADD, ADHD. Um, and so they're like, Hey, I hear chiropractic maybe can help or something like that. So I did an evaluation on him and I saw things going on with the nervous system. I'm like, yeah, you guys all need care and stuff for all different reasons, different care plans. Um, but we're going to start taking care of you all. So started taking care of them. The father started feeling better. Of course, the wife was doing better. The son actually was doing better in school also. And I know that there's some strange relationships there within the the family unit and stuff, but I never really delved too deeply. But I decided that when I was going to do the re-exam on the son, I wanted to ask him the questions on the follow-up alone. So I asked the parents privately if, if they would be okay with that. And they said, yeah, absolutely. You know, we trust you, no problem. So I have the son in the, in the, in the office and I do the scan on him and I see major changes. And I said, tell me, and I, I won't mention his name. I said, tell me, what changes do you notice different in your life since you've been getting adjusted and since your family's been coming here? He goes, I noticed my daddy doesn't hit my mommy anymore. Not what I was expecting to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. Did not even know that that was going on in the house. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get chilled, chills when I, when I say that in teary eyed because I can't help yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, BJ Palmer, the developer of chiropractic said, we know, never know how far reaching something we may say, do, or think today will affect the lives of countless millions tomorrow. And mm-hmm. the father came in because he was dealing with pain, back pain or whatever it was. I'm sure he had more pain than back pain to be doing what he was doing. The wife had her issues and the son had his. Um, but from a chiropractic standpoint, it doesn't matter to me what the person's chief complaint is. It matters whether or not the nervous system is functioning optimally. And is there something we could do to help them express that perfection uh, more easily? And so I do believe that when we're created in God's image, we're created perfectly. He doesn't make junk. You know, if we're created in his image, we're made perfectly. So um, I do believe we are perfect. We just don't express our perfection. And so by helping the nervous system, which is that system that, you know, connects the brain to the rest of the body, you know, by helping that we're helping somebody express their perfection more clearly. And so that was just one of many examples. I mean, I could tell you stories of infertility. I could tell you stories about colicky babies, asthma, allergies, and I don't treat any of those diseases or conditions. All I do is I just help the body function better by clearing the nerve system of interference. It's that simple. And so, but that one was probably the most impactful based on what we were just talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gosh, congratulations on that good, you know, on that amazing, amazing work. And I like what you just said too, that, you know, it goes back to the nervous system balance. You know, um, because I work a lot with the brain and the nervous system as well with not just neurobiofeedback, but a system that I created that's more energetic, actually, where we're clearing the trauma in the brain. 
Mm-hmm. So we found, Dr. Hamer found that it creates little lesions in the brain. And when you clear the trauma, you're clearing those cellular memory bumps or those lesions. Mm-hmm. And um, there's many probably ways to do it. You're finding a way to do it through your techniques. I'm doing it through my brain system. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing is helping people stay more balanced. That A that you talk about being adjusted, you know, and being able to live their dream, live their life. Um, you know, in balance and harmony. And when you are balanced that way, we can create so much more. Yeah, absolutely. So more. We're just, we're just take it to whole new levels. And, and I'm talking yeah. about like, I'm not the smartest guy around, but I will. Out- sounds pretty smart to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll outperform so many people because I'm, you know, I could take advantage of in a positive way of the tools that I've been given. There are people much more book smart than I am. You know, that I mean, I'm, I'm smart enough, obviously, <laughs> graduated with honors and all that other stuff, but there are people much smarter. And one of the smart things that I do is to surround myself by people smarter than I am. Um, yeah, it's very smart. Yes. Yes. Uh, but then the idea ultimately is, is to use your brain power efficiently and effectively um, and to just be very resourceful. And, and that's what I give myself credit for more than anything else, because I'm very resourceful in in living that lifestyle. So it enables me to use the brain power that I have to do good for the world. Yeah. And you're such, you're doing such a beautiful job with that. Um, I'm going to switch gears here and ask, ask them, you know, quick, you know, so thank you for sharing. And you know, actually first let's do this. Tell us a little bit about your book. Oh, okay. And, and then also we'll post the link here on how, um, on how people can get your, how people can get your book. Yeah. Great. So, so it's called dream wellness, the five keys to raising kids for a lifetime of physical and mental health. Uh, And it's all about the things that we just talked about is the proactive lifestyle tips that if every parent was given a manual when their kid was born Mm -hmm. and how to have them live a lifetime of physical and mental health, if they were given that book when the child was born, then their kids would be a lot healthier. Um, But, you know, it also starts with the parents making the right decisions. The truth Mm -hmm. of the matter is 90 percent of the content is good for anybody, whether you're raising children or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. But my niche is for parents because I want the kids to not become another statistic. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing, I wrote this book for the kids, but parents have to read it and implement it. Uh, and ultimately I just see kids, you know, following the footsteps of their parents and they're not always good footsteps. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this book is just basically the, kind of the how-to. You know, the first part of the book is the why, it sets the foundation for a wellness lifestyle. And the second part of the book is how to do it. Um, and it's a pretty extensive book, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot longer than I ever expected it to be, but they also have something that they call the, that I call the dream score. It's a survey that somebody takes of all about the lifestyle. It's about 85, 86 questions. And it talks more about the why you're in the situations that you're in. So it could actually help you jump around through the book. So you don't have to read the book cover to cover. I recommend you read the first hundred pages from the beginning to that hundred pages. And then if you don't want to read the entire book, then just read the sections that show up in the dream score that show where you need to work on and see how you can go from a battery that's depleting to a battery that's charging for yourself oh, and for your family. You have such great analogies. There's so many little wisdom phrases that we've had today. I want to like write them, like to listen again and write them all down. Or just get the <laughs> book. You'll see them all there. Battery one. You know, I wish I would have had that book when I was going through um, everything. When, when my kids were young and I, I was sick, you know, I was pretty sick. And so I was learning all of this and, you know, and I did teach them some good things. I mean, you know, quick story. I know that they knew what MSG was, you know, because, mm-hmm. because I found out years later that um, on a trip with their dad to Albuquerque from Taos, which is about a three hour, three hour drive. I was not in the car. Um, 
I think dad said something like we, we, we can go to McDonald's, you know, mom's not with us. And, uh, and my son was five and he was like, dad, they have LSD in that food. <laughs> and, he met, and he met MSG, yeah. you know, and Becky too, my daughter, she eats super healthy. They're just awesome. Um, you know, so yeah, so I learned, I learned a lot, but I would have loved your book. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully your kids, kids will get it, you know, your yeah, kids exactly. it for their kids. Um, yeah. and, and you can do it you know, as, as a grandparent. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's never too late to learn this information because we have this wonderful thing called grace and, you know, everything that we have in our lives now is a result of our past. So mm-hmm. everything we're going to have in our future is going to be a result of that past, which is our now. So we start making changes now for our mm-hmm. future. And, uh, we just set, what, what do we want the next phase of our life to look like? So better to have it now than to have never had it at all. Absolutely. Be proactive now. Take some action steps now. You know, yeah. so if Dr. Brian isn't motivating you here, <laughs> we, uh, we sure hope we sure hope that uh, you get you get his book and you'll get motivated there. I got a couple of quick to sort of rapid fire questions um, yeah. that we'll end with here. You know um, what? So you had some self-care tips. What would you say is your biggest self-care tip? Well, I get adjusted. That's the one thing that a lot of people that do self-care that they don't do regularly. I make sure I see a chiropractor at least every other week, uh, you know, one of my friends or whatever it is, because I've got to keep my nervous system working, right? But I don't really, I can't put any one thing more important than another. They're all extremely important. But the reason I bring up the chiropractic is because most people don't incorporate that in their life. And to not, you know, I look at the five facets of wellness as kind of like the four wheels of a car. And the A part being the steering wheel. So that's the fifth wheel. And the steering wheel tells the other wheels where to go. And so your nervous system controls everything. So you can eat all the right food in the world, but if your brain's not communicating with the digestive system properly, you'll still be malnourished and so on and so forth. And you can do that with everything else in your life. So making sure everything is in proper alignment, that's, that's extremely important. And that's, I think the one difference maker for me than other people that live healthy lifestyles without it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I do see a chiropractor regularly. So yeah, it's, it's really important for, for my nervous system, even though I can do all the biofeedback on me. Yeah. And most people don't realize they only think they need a chiropractor if they have pain, but like fewer than 5% of the nerves in the body give information about pain. So more than 95% of your human experience has nothing to do with how you feel, but it has to do with how you function. So we don't rely on how we feel to determine whether or not we need the chiropractor. We rely on the chiropractor doing an analysis on us to determine whether or not we need an adjustment. Right, right. That makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. So that's your biggest self-care tip. What about in your downtime? What does Dr. Brian like to do when he has downtime, (laughs) which seems like it might be rare? There's not a lot of downtime for me, to be honest (laughs) with you. I love ending the evenings with my wife, just kind of chilling out, maybe uh, talking for a little bit and then watching something that's entertaining and something funny. Um, that's, you know, I, I, TV is not a great thing in general, but what I do put in through my eyes, as far as TV goes, is, is kind of a funny thing and something maybe intellectually stimulating that we can talk about after. So we don't watch violence. We don't watch gore. We don't watch explicit material or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch good, wholesome television that makes us chuckle and just spend some time together. And that's, that's my wind down at the end of the night. That's probably my biggest part of downtime. I mean, I create the downtime with the massages, the acupuncture, the adjustments, but my true downtime, the only time I really get downtime is at night. And after I move to Florida, I expect to have a lot more downtime. So maybe we'll do a sequel to this in a year from now and I'll have more downtime and I'll tell you what I do then. 
I would love to hear what happens. Yes, as you as you move to Florida, um, and again, kudos to you on making those decisions. You know, if you were going to um, give someone advice who's just starting out as a practitioner or a chiropractor, okay, um, you know what what would you advise them to do if they're just beginning their business? Oh, I would say from a business standpoint, keep your overhead low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, revenue feeds egos, profit feeds families. So I see them get overextended. They go way too high in their costs and stuff to open their office. That's number one. Number two is to understand the why of what you're doing. Understand the principles of chiropractic, because if you don't understand it yourself, you're not going to be able to educate anyone. You're going to constantly be trying to sell and nobody wants to buy something that they don't understand why they're getting it. So you don't want to be a salesman. You want to be an educator. Um, And so when you're passionate about it, the practice members, patients, they'll just flock to you. They'll want the care. Uh, They feel desperation. They know when the doctor needs it more than the patient does. Um, And that's a big problem for a lot of new docs is they're doing it because they have to pay their student loans and pay their overhead. Um, So if you understand your why, learn how to communicate it and just live genuinely and authentically that way. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That was awesome. Yay. Very good. How about your number one brain hack? You're going to label something a brain hack. What would be your number one brain hack? Oh, goodness. Okay. My number one brain hack would be, um, that would have to be my prayer, you know, that I just, I know it's kind of maybe not really a good brain hack, but you know, it just recenters me and and it recharges me uh, and so on and so forth. So I think that that's pretty much it, you know, get into my prayer and my meditation. Wow. What a great place to end huh? on prayer. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So so again, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for your expertise. This has been just amazing, Dr. Brian. And we, we wish you the best in your move to Florida and uh, you know, and as you're, you're changing your life and kudos to you for, uh, for stepping in that proactive direction. So excited about your book. I cannot wait, you know, to, uh, to uh, keep sharing that with people because, uh, yeah, I wish I would have had that when I was a young mom. I'm sure. Like I said, there's lots of moms now and dads that can mm-hmm. get it. All they have to do is go to dreamwellnessbook.com and they can get it. And, and I thank you, Dr. Louise, for what you're doing um, and making an impact on society the way that you're doing it through through this podcast and through your center and everything else. So kudos to you, too. You're, you're always interviewing other people and giving them kudos, but you deserve a lot of kudos as well for yourself. No, well, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, thank you. No, this is fun. I, I really enjoy this. and I love meeting people and I love getting the word out there. And we all learn through conversations. So that's what I believe is we learn through conversations. So let's just let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been great. So thank you all and have an awesome day. And again, thank you, Dr. Brian, for being with us. Thank you.